What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. Welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners. Wherever you might be in the world today, this is your host, Steve Schallenberger. We're delighted to have you tuning in. And today we have a terrific guest. She is an innovator, a catalyst for transforming organizations into brands that matter. Uh, She's an award-winning management strategist and a recognized expert in organizational development and change on a mission to move business as is to business as it can be. Uh, Her work spans the boundaries of scholarship and practice in the disciplines of branding, communication, and organizational culture. Welcome, Mona Amadeo. Thank you so much. Boy, that sounds like I'm a little confused about who I am and what I'm doing, huh? <laughs> I know what you're doing, and I'm excited. Spanning, spanning all, those, all those disciplines, but it's kind of a life journey, right? It's just a life's journey. It is. Well, that's how we get to where we are today. Yes, yes, for sure. Well, good. Well, before we get started, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background, uh, where you're from, what's your story, and, and what brought you to this point. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. And again, thanks for having me here. I look forward to the to the conversation with you. So story really is reflected in that little bio that you just read. Uh, I started out as um, a former, I'm a former instructor and documentary producer at the University of West Florida. Um, uh, through a series of events and situations, I decided that perhaps doing something other than that was what, what I wanted to do in life. And so I started a business in 1989, and that business is Image Development Marketing Group was what it was called then. Today, it's ID Group. And uh, we started out really taking some of what I had done at the university, which is really storytelling, and figuring out how might we do that for companies and, and organizations. And in that process, Steve, um, I became also very interested in the power of business uh, to really make a difference, uh, a difference in their communities, a difference with the people who worked in their organizations. And that led me um, to really wanting to study more about organization change. How do we really create organizations that are powerful, not only from a profit standpoint, but also um, one that, that supports uh, the health and well-being of the people inside the organizations? And so from there, studied organization development and change, uh, which led me to a research project with a global manufacturer by the name of Interface in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, had a real opportunity there to study uh, how a leader changed a culture. Um, this is a, you know, from a really a traditional mindset of uh, take make waste uh, manufacturing, traditional manufacturing entity, uh, to one that really became one of the exemplars of sustainable manufacturing. So I spent several years with Interface, not working for them, but uh, doing research and then consulting. And then so this book really is the culmination of what I've learned about um, how to build brands from the inside out. 
And if we really think about um, brands, it means it's really the definition is, is um, you know, what do you mean to people and why do you matter? And that's the name of the book, uh, you know, creating brands that matter to customers, employees in the world, at least the subtitle. So that's the short version of a long story. But ultimately, um, my work today is centered around uh, helping leaders build, um, as you said, brands that matter. And uh, doing that in a way that is not all about the sizzle of advertising, but rather the substance of who you are, what you believe, and the difference you want to make in the world, um, both to your customers and employees. Okay, good. Well, that's uh, that's a great background, and we're going to talk a bit more about that. And uh, Mona has written a terrific book, and it's called Beyond Sizzle. Uh, she just alluded to it, but uh, I didn't talk about it in the introduction, but it's a fun book. Uh, and really uh, stimulate you in thinking about our whole role. And, and, and let's face it, for anybody that has uh, an idea that they want to be successful with, they have to differentiate that. There's a lot of noise mm-hmm. out there going on. So how do you communicate that? So I think uh, Beyond Sizzle start, really hits at the roots of this. And, and one of the things that uh, Mona talks about is the story, and it had a big impact on her. And I think it's worth taking a second or so, uh, <laughs> Mona, to talk about yeah. the story because it gives a little background to this, and then we can talk about some of the specifics if that's okay. Yeah. So um, thanks. To, and then I did allude that to a little bit in, in in talking about the company by the name of Interface and a man by the name of Ray Anderson, who was the founder of Interface. And it was there in that research project um, where I really began to understand the power of purpose in organizations. I guess at some point, you know, I always say I'm a child of the 60s, and, and I think we, <laughs> we talked a lot about purpose and passion, all those things in the 60s. But, you know, this is a very in- interesting opportunity to go inside of a company um, and really look at um, how, how a, a company changed from the inside out. And the opportunity there, Steve, was to interview people over that had been a part of this change process uh, at Interface. And my my question going in was simply this. Uh, I had been inspired by companies like Ben & Jerry's. I'd been inspired by, you know, Anita Roderick at The Body Shop and companies like Seventh Generation who really were using business as a mechanism for, sure, making money, but also doing it differently than other people uh, that really – uh, focused on doing the right thing, doing the smart thing, treating people well, and making a difference either environmental or socially. And so those people inspired me a lot. But I wondered, well, what if you have a company that can't, wasn't born with that DNA? You know, those founders really started their companies from scratch with that idea. So what, what, what about a company that isn't born that way? Can you change it? And if so, how? And that led me to, again, interface the great opportunity to work and learned from Ray Anderson, who passed away in 2011, and to whom this one of the people my book is, is dedicated to. And what I, what I came to find was something that sounds so common sense, but yet we fail to really pay a lot of attention to, is that, you know, when you're trying to create great companies, people want to work for something that matters to them. They want to believe in something, and they want to be a part of something uh, that's important to them. And what Ray Anderson did was he challenged this very traditional 
manufacturing company to be the first name in sustainable manufacturing and to do so not just in words but in deeds. And so over about a four-year period, they literally transformed this organization, uh, both in substance and, and um, the, the soul, if you will, into a company that um, really changed the dynamics and the definition of sustainable manufacturing. And so my work looked at how did they do that and what was the process. But in the middle of all that, I came to see that it wasn't just um, what was happening inside the organization and the impact it was having on people inside the organization, but how that purpose was translating also to the marketplace. People wanted to work with Interface. People wanted to come to uh, do business with Interface. And so this whole idea of this alignment between internal purpose and values uh, innovation and how that connects to creating meaning in the marketplace is what I learned there. And from there, um, then I started thinking, okay, how can I translate this into something that can help other people do what Interface did? And that's where the concept of becoming a brand that matters um, came from. And using that research, as well as some other research I've done and others have done, I basically created a process. Uh, that we use with companies to help them build brands from what I consider the inside out, and that's called branding from the core. Um, and so that's kind of it. And um, that was, yes, it was one of those moments in your life where you look back on and go, wow, that was pivotal. Um, and that was uh, 12 years ago. And since then, we've been kind of working to help other companies do what Interface did, which is to be profitable, to be purposeful, and um to leave the world a little better than they found it. Okay, so Mona, thank you so much for that background. I think that was helpful uh, and really gives some key insights to a lot of your work and what inspires you. Has it been your experience from your research that organizations that do this, that are able to align their core uh -huh. with the message of what they, the product or service they provide, does it really make a difference? Can the, Are these companies actually able to do that, to be successful, to get profitable results and sustainable and to make a difference? What, what have you found? Yeah. So I think what we need to do is, is go back to a very simple premise. <laughs> Business exists to meet the wants, needs, and desires of a marketplace. And what we know today from various studies, pick up Fortune, pick up any of the major business magazines, as well as a lot of research that's being done, is people want to do business with and work for companies that stand for more than their products and services. It is a driver uh, of reasons people buy, buy products and, and, and services. And also with the new generation of uh, employees, they want to feel that what they do matters. And so from a pure, just basic 101 standpoint, how do we attract and retain customers, employees? We understand that this idea that your organization um, is uh, has great products and services. I always say, you know, you 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 can't um, you, you can't make money purely on purpose. You've got to still have great products and great services. But people want to engage with those companies that that do. Um, some research has been done um, that shows that um, it, from a pure public public uh, entity standpoint, um, these companies outperform. Uh, from a profitability standpoint, companies that are not values-based companies. 
So there's plenty of research out there, Steve, that shows this. But, you know, beyond that, beyond just the idea that, you know, they perform better, they do better, it's just basically saying to leaders, what what kind of company do you want to have? Do you want to have a company where people feel engaged, excited, and motivated? Do you want to have a company that is a contributor to your community? Doesn't it just make, just on a very practical sense, there's plenty of, of detailed research out there, but just on a very practical sense, um, why, if you have a choice between being a company that destroys and, and um, uh, creates environments where uh, people aren't treated, created, or excuse me, are not treated with respect and dignity versus one that, that, that wouldn't you want to have that? And then if the research clearly shows that those companies um, perform better, do better, are more innovative, uh, retain employees better, retain uh, customers better, it just makes sense. So the answer is yes. Um, there's plenty of research out there that shows that. Um, and then just on a, from a pure leadership perspective, leading those kind of companies also reinforces the, the, the uh, integrity and the pride of, of, of a leader, knowing that they're leading those kind of organizations and not one that's destructive. Well, uh, we totally concur. Uh, and thank you for sharing that, because that's exactly what we have seen in the marketplace. These organizations yeah. that exercise leadership... Uh, where they set a vision for their organization and have a plan that's in line with a passion, with the desire to change the world for good, and and then that's reflected in the culture. Uh, the very yeah. same feeling that that vision and purpose permeates every part of the culture, which then unleashes this kind of magic, which creates the ability perhaps to communicate better what that sizzle looks like, that it's not just a product, but it's a, you know, soul and heart and everything else. And, and so it's, it is authentic. I mean, people feel this and this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think the, what's really important there, you just said the word authentic, right? There's two kind of key words today as we look at the world of communication and branding. Because if we pause here a moment just to kind of look at this word branding, because everyone has a different <laughs> definition of what that means. For me, a brand is simply the meaning people associate with your name. Branding is the process of creating that meaning. In the past, what we've done is most of our efforts to create that meaning, uh, that brand, if you will, has been focused on external communications, the sizzle, uh, the great advertising. And, and all of that is still important. I mean, we we have to, people can't buy what they don't know about, right? And that's the role of advertising is to right. share the story. But increasingly what we're seeing is that people want to understand what's behind all of that. Uh, they want to understand the authenticity of what you're you're saying you are. And I think that's what's so important about what you're doing with your work and what I'm trying to do with mine is to say, you know, we don't live in a world any longer where people just believe what they, they read, uh, you know, with the interconnectedness of the Internet. Um, you know, that people are increasingly skeptical on top of that. And so this idea of aligning who you say you are with the substance of what's happening in your organization 
is crucial to building um, the success that businesses need to to build. So I think your words, those transparency, authenticity um, is important. And you can't fake that. (laughs) You just can't fake it because, yeah, I mean, because your best advocates are the people inside your organization. The people who help shape and share your story are the people inside your organization. So the more honest you are, the more um, forthcoming you are with trying to really build that culture where the values that you profess are actually translated to behavior is absolutely critical, in my opinion, to building brands, meaning the meaning that that matters in a way that that people trust you. Um, And that's what all of this is about is creating trust. Okay, that's that that's really terrific. And and you mentioned that there are some really powerful disruptive forces that are challenging the bonds of yeah. trust that's needed to create strong corporate brands. Can you talk more about uh, those? Yeah, we I just alluded to them just a little bit, Steve. I think there's three of them and they're coming kind of at you at different different levels. Okay. Um so at one point you have this extreme skepticism. People just don't believe uh, for good reasons, corporate communications. I mean, if we look at uh, some of the deception that goes, has gone on, people don't trust. And so this idea that increasingly we are seeing a skeptical society that is demanding prove it, uh, number one. Number two, we live in a very hyper-connected society where uh, anything that you do and say is likely to show up uh, with, you know, on, on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. And so the just the nature of the hyperconnectedness um, that we're at one point in our world of branding. You know, you had these brand managers uh, back in the days of the, you know, the Mad Men and the the great days of advertising in the fifties. All of those guys controlled both the message and the medium. Mm-hmm. Today, that's not the case. Uh, we live much more in a matrix of communication where um, the, the the control really, to a large extent, is in the hands of the marketplace. Um, and their ability to share good and bad um, is is, um, is is just exponentially uh, growing. And then the third piece you and I just alluded to in our conversation earlier is that or- people want more from organizations and products and services. Frankly, there is a great deal of parity. And so why should I choose this over that? And to a large extent, it has to do with the values and the um the 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 purpose of the companies who produce those products you know are these companies good citizens or are they just take and and there's no real social contract there right we just take we use the money you know the people at the top make everything and everybody else is uh, left to with the crumbs so i think those three forces the skepticism of society that's continuing to grow the hyperconnectedness that is being uh, increasingly um, propagated through the internet. And the third thing is that people are looking for companies to stand for something. And so you put all that together, even if you want to say you stand for something, you better stand for it because now people are skeptical and they can either sing your praises or destroy you via various social media channels. So, the people are in control. Our job is to make sure we deliver great messages, we do things that matter, and we make sure we live and walk the talk uh, that we put out there. Well, Mona, one of the things that you talk about, one of the words you use is having loyal customers. 
And yeah. indeed, uh, today's customers, once you have their loyalty, they're far more patient with you uh, because they understand who you are. But uh, the consumers of today, you're right, the world's changed. They're far less patient. Yeah. If they sense that you're not honest or, yeah. uh, you know, if you, you, yeah. if you can't deliver or uh, not provide in a great value, uh, there's a lot of other choices frequently, and they're going to go there. But once we have a loyal customer base, uh, they frequently will stay with you uh, through thick and thin as long as you can deliver on those kind of things. They'll share your passion, and and yeah. and uh, you know, they, and they'll want to be part of it. So, okay, well, good. Uh, just yeah. a quick question. This is um, what happens if a company is having a hard time figuring out how to describe the sizzle. What do you recommend to them, <laughs> that part of it? Because that <laughs> oh, is wow, an important wow. part. Yeah, that's, that's what, yeah. What do they well, do? Well, I think, I think, yeah, I, I think the sizzle, when you say, you know, they're having a hard time telling their story, basically. Yeah. Um, and I think the difficulty of, of telling that story maybe is that they don't know what their story is, ah. and some, and, and nor do they understand where they fit within within the marketplace. So, my belief system is that the story begins inside the organization. And so, when we start and work with our clients uh, with helping them kind of create the sizzle, so to speak, um, we start with uh, really a dialogue sessions inside the company, asking the people inside the company what they believe. What makes you unique? What makes us different? What makes us better? Uh, what, you know, what difference are we making in the world? And so the story, the narrative that the organization tells itself is really where all of this starts. And so I think that what's really important when you think of the sizzle, the sizzle translated really, Steve, is about what is it that matters to the people that you're talking to and you're talking with? And the more authentic you can be about who you are, the sizzle is, is in many ways, uh, for me, the authenticity of your story. Um, you know, if we just break this down and say this is all about relationships, think about people that you like. <laughs> think about the people in your world. Forget about business for a moment. Just think about the people in your world that you choose to talk with, that you choose to have a relationship with. What are some of the foundational things that, that, that create those relationships? Uh, you look for things that you have in common. You listen. Uh, you share ideas. Um, you talk about hopes and dreams. Um, you stand behind a promise that you make. It's really that simple and that complicated. And I think sometimes those of us in the branding world and communication, you know, there's we've got to do six of this and five of that and four of these, and we've got to measure this and measure that. And it can just get overwhelming when we really, if we take it down to the very simple human interaction, that interaction between I want to understand you, you want to understand me, there's something that we can do for each other, and you can trust me that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And so it's those kind of human connections that the story has the ability to to create. And so when we go back to this idea of authenticity and transparency, it's not let's go figure out what people want and tell whatever they want. They want. The answer becomes 
what is it we want to share with the world and what is the world looking for? It is that what we call the sweet spot of branding, where we connect with what people need, want, and desire, and what we believe we can bring to the world. So that's where the authenticity comes from. It's not let me just be anything to everybody and say whatever is needed, what's the latest buzzword. All of that is what can destroy, I believe, um, a brand. Uh, On the other hand, it's when you really stay true and tell the story around that truth and authenticity that people, and you will connect people to you um, using that type of quote sizzle. Okay, I love the answer. That's a great answer. Uh, well, I'm always shocked at how fast time goes and our time's up. So, <laughs> uh, oh my goodness, I yes. Know, and this is a fascinating book, folks. It's beyond the beyond the sizzle. And uh, the bottom line is today it isn't enough to sell just the sizzle. There's a whole lot more that goes into it that really allows us to create this sustainability, this long-term impact in the world for good. So so before we sign off, Mona, um, any final tips that you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Yeah, I think, Steve, just um, I think in, in summary, I think I wrote this book after being in business for 30 years. And I believe very deeply that the world is looking for companies who stand for something and stand behind what they stand for. I believe employees want to work for places where they believe they matter. And I believe leaders have a tremendous opportunity to do both, create um, a difference in their communities in the world, create a difference to the people they serve, and in the process of doing so, build a company that is uh, prosperous. And so that's my hope uh, that we're able we're able to do that. Okay, well, great. And how can people find out more about what you're doing? Thank you. So you can reach me at monaamadeo.com. Um, and uh, the book, uh, Beyond Sizzle, The Next Evolution of Branding, is available um, at pre-sale right now on Amazon, amazon.com. And uh, it will be released September the 4th, I believe. So we're looking forward, uh, looking forward to that, and I really, really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and for you to help me spread the word. And uh, and then again, I respect everything you've done. Thank you for what you're doing uh, to to create a more positive uh, business environment. Oh, you bet! There we go, September fourth. How exciting! I bet you're pumped. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, it's always a little nervous. You you know how it is. It's always a, a, a there's always a little nervousness in it. So hopefully, I've said something that will be worth people reading and and that I can make some contribution to to what I'm trying to do here. Well, congratulations, and we wish you all the best as you continue to make a difference in the world. And to all of our listeners, never forget, you two are making a difference every single day of your life. That's really the heart and the spirit of becoming your best. We just keep at it. We keep trying and to make our good better and our better best. And, and what happens is, in the process, we touch a lot of people for good. Uh, Thanks for being with us today. This is Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, 
trainer certification, or personal coaching, it would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.